The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So if you're listening live and you're wondering why there's music, I hope you hear the music. Uh, it's a transition. It's a transition from one topic to another, and it makes me happy. It's a prof- It's something professionals do. It's like, it's something I, I as a professional, do. <laughs> I'm such a clown. All right. As, as hard as this is for me to say, there might be a ray of hope out in Lakerland. They've been down and out. And I know they're having a. T- I know I even have a hard time believing that there's a ray of hope, but, but it's true. They do. New head coach Darvin Ham, who ten years ago was an LA assistant working with Kobe Bryant, is now making the rant rounds talking about his coaching philosophy. He's former Milwaukee Bucks head coach as well. He's an NBA champion. Uh, things were going pretty well, pretty just like standard questions until all of a sudden Darvin Ham dropped. An insane quote uh, that might be the best quote I've ever heard about the fact that we all work in an industry that's like not really that serious. It's really not like that big. We're not talking about covering the Evaldi shooting here, right? We're not talking about talking covering the war in Ukraine. Um, Darvin Ham said this, I grew up in Saginaw, Michigan. This is where it gets weird. I was shot in the face by accident. You go through something like that, you do one of two things. It's going to make you fearful or fearless. And it made me fearless. I, I don't feel no pressure. It's just basketball. Whoa. Uh, I need some more clarity on how that went on and, like, when and, and are you okay? And, like, wow. Yes, Darvin Ham, not a man to be messed with. And if you think that this was just a one-off, uh, and that Darvin Ham's going to be the only hard rock on the L.A. Lakers, and it's just him and a bunch of guys from the Front Vogel era, the Frank Frank Vogel little like minions. You're you're wrong. News jo- just dropped today, courtesy of Shams. It's a different sound than the Woj bomb. It's a pew pew. This is the bomb. This is the sound of the Shams bomb. Four-time NBA All Star Rasheed Wallace has agreed on a deal to be an assistant head coach. For the Lakers under new head coach Darvin Ham. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Both were teammates in Detroit and part of that 2004 title team. You guys remember 2004 Pistons? They were the last team to win it all, win it all without an all-star. How did they do this? They punched everyone in the mouth. They were tougher. They were meaner. They were stronger. They were dirtier. 
literally, they were the toughest NBA team of probably the 21st century. Penny Hardaway, who coached at the University of Memphis, where Rashid coached as an assistant last year, said it was a question of loyalty. Rashid, I think Rashid might be going to L.A. with Darvin Ham. That was the deal from the beginning. If Darvin had gotten a job last year, Rashid had already promised him that he was going to go with him. So I'm thinking this year with him getting the Lakers job, Rashid might still be going along with that process. What does that mean for L.A., you might ask? Well, it means that they have gone from Frank Vogel and a man named Mike Penberthy. Uh, that's his name. I didn't make that up. Google that and you'll see two soft dudes. F- to Darvin Ham and Rasheed Wallace. And if you thought Ime Udoka was hard on his team this year, calling them out publicly, saying that they didn't have mental intensity, they weren't tough, they weren't sharing the rock, they were, you know, all these things that he said. If you think that was bad, take that toughness and then add it to someone who was shot in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you think it's going to go, like, Ime Udoka from Portland, Oregon, Darvin Am, Saginaw, Michigan, shot in the face. Mm. Don't mean to make light of it, but no. it's a different tribulation here. I know what was going on. And just, like, wait what Darvin Ham says when Anthony Davis falls on the floor, like, six times and has to leave the game. And he's sitting in street clothes the next night. <laughs> I got shot in the face. Listen here, you little f- I got shot in the face. You tweaked your ankle, you go out there. You go out there. It's like a dad that literally, or a mom, where they went through something very traumatic. Like, or, or even just like I went to college and, and I had a B. And my mom was like, I had all A's and I was raising your little ass. And it's like, well, but I'm not you. And it's like, yeah, but, but I was shot in the face. In the face. <laughs> Only thing that remains to me is for Darvin Ham to hire somebody like Gary Payton to come in and teach these guys some defense. Whew. Rob Plinka said, I don't care really what he says, but I, I, like this team lacked an identity of toughness last season that Ham will bring this season. <sighs> I mean, yes, that's true. But the question is, truthfully, how do you expect toughness when you're a player who's only off-season, like if you're a front office who's only off-season signings where guys on vet minimums that literally are just trying to get a ring, they're on their last miles, they're literally the, the 1965 Pinto that's just like not even passing emissions tests. Like you think like Carmelo wants to get into the paint with Evan Mobley? Like he wants to go up against Joel Embiid? No shot. You think Dwight Howard's going to throw elbows at Jared Allen? Listen, you can teach a new dog new tricks, but you can't make them run wind sprints when they don't close out on a corner three at some random game, like your name was Stan Van Gundy. So I don't think so. We, we all do know one truth, right? And also, really quickly, I'm not saying that this is, like, going to mean anything for the Lakers. Like, they're not going to – if you're thinking I'm saying that they're going to win any more games, like, they're not. They're not going to the playoffs next year, but they will be fun, and they will be tougher. I'm not saying they're going to get a, get a title. They're still a train wreck. Yeah. But at least now they're a train wreck with a backbone. So that's, that's kind of where we're at, though. But we all do know just one truth. Can't really judge this team until uh, Kendrick Nunn is back on the court fully healthy. This is... See, the song is, is a transition about a team that took an L and then they bounced back. So what do you think the, the, the next segment's about? 
The Warriors, obviously. You know nobody? I don't think... Okay! So let's talk about this game, shall we? Oh, boo-boo. Oh, folks, everybody said Golden State's dead. I didn't. I put it up on the tweets. Golden State plus 150 to win it all, dot, dot, dot. That means one and a half times your money if you're not a better. This team was minus 200 to win it all the game before. What a swing. Come on. Oh, baby. You know. If you watch the game, you know what it is. You should know what it is. Golden State isn't losing. This team doesn't lose in the finals. They've done a deal with the devil. Steph Curry has become somebody who doesn't miss one game. One game and you write them off? Golden State's done? Don't do that. Don't do that. No. What? Sir, let's be honest. Come on. Golden State did in the first two quarters of game one what they do. They play with their food. Then the blitz comes in after halftime, right? Genghis Khan ripping through villages, just like, just honestly just destroying, mauling you, coming in with an intensity that you are not sure was going to come because they're just up and down. First quarter, they let you in, they let you out. And then the fourth quarter, like I usually say, that this team is organized chaos. The Golden State Warriors are one of the most creative teams in NBA history. They don't do things with structure and order and discipline. It's fucking creation. And what do you do? Sometimes things get messy. Some things get bad. Turnovers are plenty. And that's exactly what happens when you think you're up 12 points going into the fourth quarter. Steph Curry sitting on the bench. And then the deluge of points... <laughs> From Jalen Brown happens, right? They let the lead slip away. Don't act like somehow Golden State's just the worst team. Let's not act like what Boston did was so repeatable, right? You're talking about, look at these role players. Look at these role players. My man, Al Horford. 26 game, 26 points in game one. Six threes. You think my man Al Horford is going to do that in game two? Come on. Like, Draymond knew that, too, because he was talking about it. Like, he had two points in game two. His over-under is ten and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a big, big swing. Big swing. Derek White, he hit four threes in game one. Did not hit four threes in game two. Marcus Smart, he played really well game one. What did he do? Two points in game two. Marcus Smart was awful. I mean, historically bad. One for six, five turnovers, never created for his teammates, never generated offense. He was a liability to the point Udoka played him 25 minutes with a minus 12 minute, 12 rating, and, and Pritchard had to play the point over Marcus Smart. Ugh. So <laughs> let's be honest. These role players, they showed out in game one. They got open. They hit their shots early. That co created confidence. And when Golden State left their foot off the gas... That's when the opportunity came for Boston. Boston's a good team. As for the Warriors, they lost the fourth quarter in game one, mostly because of Andre Iguodala. Ugh. Ugh. Nine, minus nine and 12 minutes. And I like Andre Iguodala. I think he's a great player. But he hasn't played much all year, and we're not even sure what he has left in the tank right now. And it didn't look like he integrated particularly well, particularly fast. <laughs> Game two, game two, what happened? 
He was out with neck soreness. Mm. Mm. Yep, I feel that. I feel that, Steve Kerr. Just tell him, go sit down a little while. Go sit down. You'll get a ring. Don't worry about it. You're just not going to win finals MVP again. Listen, listen, haven't you been tired of watching the ball go everywhere that you've turned it over to? Like you've... (laughs) It's sore now. I can't feel myself. Steph Curry, what we also know about him is that if you look at Boston and who they played, they neutralized KD. They neutralized Kyrie. They neutralized Giannis. They neutralized somewhat Jimmy Butler. Steph Curry has not been neutralized. This man is averaging 27 27 points, 29 and 30. Sheesh. He's already an MVP. He's already going to get the finals MVP. It's happening. And you might say, like, Tristan, you've said so many mean things about the Golden State Warriors. Are you trolling? I don't know. I don't think so. Like I'm de- actually I'm serious. I'm dead serious. How do I know that Golden State's gonna win it all? Because that would make me so sad. <laughs> it would make me so sad if they won it all. I am desperately searching for reasons that they could lose, and I am struggling to find them. Really, like they had to historically collapse in a fourth quarter for Boston to win Game One. Historic. Historic. It was so gross. So Boston, of course, they can bounce back after game one. They're great after losses, but you're still going up against championship medal of Golden State, and that's the difference. Celtics, top seven Celtics players by minutes played, all had negative plus minus, with every single player who played more than 20 minutes in double-digit negative numbers. Yuck. As an aside, really quickly, damn, does Clay look slow. He looks so slow. On offense, when he's dribbling the ball, trying to quote unquote penetrate, it doesn't even look like that. It it's not. That's not Clay. He's shooting under thirty percent for the series. He needs to get back healthy. Healthy. Will his quickness ever return? I'm not sure. I hope so. Those two injuries are tough. Um, and what does Boston need to do in order to win and compete? Get some games under their belt again. One, they need to up the physicality. They need to out-physical Golden State. They're bigger, they're stronger, and and they're meaner. And they have more depth so they can body them up a little bit. If Boston can find a way to get under the, the skin of Jordan Poole, who you know very clearly has had up and down periods during Game 1 and Game 2, mostly down in Game 1, a little up in Game 2 in the second half, they need to figure out a way to get basically Draymond Green out of the game, whether that's technical fouls or that's foul trouble you know, they need to make it really, really uncomfortable. They need to make it intense. Of course, it's easy. Role players need to hit their threes, baby. Like, they're going to leave you open, baby, so you need to hit them. Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard. You need Al Horford. You need Marcus Smart. All those guys need to hit threes, right? You need that. Star players, of course, need to show up. Jason Tatum not only needs to be a scorer, he also needs to facilitate in the same way that he did and play make in the same way that he did in game one. Tatum in game two had 28 points, but he was a negative 36 for the game. Jason Tatum had 12 points, 13 assists in game two. He was a plus for the game. He doesn't need to look to score every time. And when he doesn't look to score every time, he just gets into the paint and like lets the offense come. The team plays better. They get open shots, open looks. I think Jason Tatum needs nine 10 assists in game three in order for them to win. Jalen Brown needs to play a lot cleaner. Yeah, I mean, he just has a hard time putting the ball on the ground, doesn't he? He just does. Uh, Boston moving forward, protecting the ball is key too. 
They had a surreal 19 turnovers in game two. Mm. And 15 of them were live ball turnovers that led to 33 Warriors points. Boston had 98 possessions to Golden State's 97 and somehow managed to score 19 fewer points. All because of turnovers. So they need to figure out a way to force Golden State into turning the ball more often, press them, make them hurry, make them feel like they need to make decisions quickly. And then personally, you guys need to protect the rock better on your side of the floor as well. Credit to Draymond Green. Played awful game one, said he was going to play better. Steph even said five minutes after the game, I knew Dre was going to come out in game two with intensity through the roof. Set the tone defensively from the get-go, from the jump ball, from the first possession where he got into it with, uh, I want to say it was either Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown. He got into it later in the game with Jalen, where Jalen, I think he had his feet on Jalen's face or something. They started getting into it. Like He had so much intensity that he probably should have been ejected. During the game. like, And the whole idea that refs, as an aside of the aside, is that refs should be looking at how many technical fouls you already have before assessing a second technical is absolutely banana land. No. Like, no. That's like being like, hey, uh, I'm going to pull you over. Looks like you got drugs in the backseat, but let me see if uh, if you have any priors. You know what I mean? Like, before, before I ask to search your trunk, let me see if you've been arrested recently. Yeah. It's like, honestly, they were like, oh, well, the standard needs to be higher for Draymond Green uh, to get a second technical because we know what the impact of that second technical right. is. That's garbage. Right. Is it worth a technical foul on its own or is it not? And it was. And I like Draymond Green, and I was happy that he didn't get technicaled out because then Golden State might have lost, and then they would have said, oh, it was because of Draymond's ejection and blah, blah, blah. But Dre felt he could push the envelope further, not less. Because it was like, oh, what are you going to do? You're going to eject me? I've already been ejected multiple times through this playoffs. I get a bad rap. He's not immune from consequences. And, and nobody wanted to send him back to the showers for the second tick. Just bonkers. Game three, Wednesday night, TD Garden, folks. Boston has been strangely not so great at home right now this year in the playoffs. Five and four at home this playoffs. They are eight and three on the road. Usually a huge advantage at home. And TD Garden's known, you know, Boston Garden's known for having a huge advantage. We talked about that in our winning time recaps where there was like literally rats running through the locker room. They shut the lights off on you. They poop in your bed out, uh, in the hotel room. This was like Amber Heard before Amber Heard. That was just like random Boston fans. That's probably where she got it from. They literally did it to Bill Russell. They pooped in Bill Russell's bed for what reason? Still don't know. What do they think they? What do you think they did? The opponent's bed. I don't even know what is worse than that, but it did probably vomit, vomit blood. I don't know. I'm not gonna even go in there. Anyway, um, two games in a row though. Golden State has had massive third quarter runs. You not, gotta fix that. You can't allow Steve Kerr to out coach you coming out of halftime. Can't. Can't allow Golden State to do what they've done all year long. The problem is. Boston has had bad third quarters all year. They don't even know why. They don't know what's happening. They have no answers. They need to figure that shit out. If Boston can win, if Boston wins any third quarter, I think they win that game. Mm. They're in good shape. They were up in both game one and game two at halftime by two points. Third quarter, bugaboo all, all year. So Tatum, I think, off, off rip from halftime needs to be more aggressive. I don't mean just chucking. I mean more aggressive, setting the tone. 
They need to set the tone more on defense, clamp down on Steph, blitz him. And I think Brown does need to do a better job coming out of the locker room too. Prediction. I think Boston does find a way to win game three. Boston has not lost back-to-back games at all this playoffs. And frankly, neither have the Warriors. So I think this is going to be a back-and-forth situation. I think that's a trend that I'm willing to believe in. I expect the intensity at TD Garden will be high. I think the role players will show up at home. I think Peyton Pritchard could have a big night. I think Al Horford could find a way to get in 10 points. More than two. Yeah, more than two. Nothing so far, though, has caused me to change my opinion from the beginning of the series. Warriors are winning it all. Steph is getting finals MVP. It's a lock. Put your 401k on it. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Wednesday, folks, with a new episode preview in Game 3 of the NBA Finals. If you listen to this live, thank you. I don't even know how many people could be on this. It's the very first time. We will see you on Wednesday as well. Follow us on the Heat Check on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram, on my personal. Do not forget to download uh, to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple, whether that's the Odyssey app, whether that's Spotify. Please also tell your friends that these things are happening live. Oh, it's also the video component is on YouTube. If you want to see me go crazy, do crazy things with my hands and face, find me on YouTube and follow us on social like I already said. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you Wednesday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.